The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good times. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. It's us. We are them. The Homance Chronicles. I'm Sarah. And I'm Nicole. <laughs> wow. Y'all, this retrograde's hitting us in the head, neck and the back. <laughs> if you're unaware, Mercury retrograde happens three or four times a year, and it's when it appears as though the planet Mercury spins backwards. It doesn't actually. It, but it but looks like this, it. But at this time... Uh, the planet Mercury controls communication, technology, etc. And so, commonsensical bullshit, you know. So everything's harder, a lot harder, <laughs> and you have to work harder to just be here and just be at the same level you were at pre-retrograde. God, retrograde's like I don't know astrology's version of PMS, maybe. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah, because mm-hmm. there's a yeah. shadow phase, right, before and after. Yeah, and then the during is just real fucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, the stars are having their period. <laughs> right? Uh-oh. I'm just going to say, like, I'm going to text you one day when, like, things are extra fucky, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, someone calls me and I'm trying to answer the phone, but the phone let, won't let me answer it. And right. it's a really important call. I'm going to be like, oh, my God, Mercury retrograde has cramps today. <laughs> <laughs> like, extra Jesus, man. I just, I knew something was up when I drove. I can't remember where I drove, but I saw like three people do some of the dumbest, dumbest shit I've ever seen in a car. Like, ma'am, pull over. <laughs> pull over and take a breath. You need it. Oh, awesome. man. We all need to take a breath. <sighs> Collectively. And one, two, three. <sighs> seriously so i have a fun free free story i i live in a little town now not near the city hustle and bustle it's very much like it's just woods cabins and random things here (laughs) and so saturday morning I woke up, we were out of coffee, and fur- fury and rage for all I saw, well, all I thought. And I was like, you know what? There's a little nutrition place that I went to earlier in the week. I got myself a tea and a smoothie. I'll just go up there, treat myself, and get my chores done, whatever. So I go up there, and I had been there, like I said, earlier in the week. And it's a cute little establishment. They've got a little bar that goes the length of the store. It's like one of those stores where you like walk oh, in. And you don't. You don't have to use your hands yep, because you're right. You're right. nobody. But I. I, <laughs> but I, I do. Everyone would rather like to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> but I do need to use my arms because that's how I operate. Anyway, um, they have, you know, um. Uh, this really cool or not really cool but this like taller bar that goes the length of the store and there were two white passing ladies there who i'm just going to be disrespectful and label them like they looked like karens they you know were they had the karen hairdo um and the karen outfits and i thought for sure that they were just going to be bitching about normal karen things so i get there i don't know what i want yet as i'm perusing the menu Somebody calls and places an order. This is very important. 
somebody calls places an order and then finally i'm like okay i figured out what i want so the lady starts making my tea i got a tea and a, and a smoothie sitting at the bar next to the ladies but kind of a little you know off a little bit further from them not trying to invade any spaces or anything like that and they're talking about how they love ll cool j and they <laughs> all three the lady behind the counter who owns the shop and the two ladies at the counter were talking about how magnificent he is um and then also usher came into conversation and they were arguing about who was going to marry ll cool j and who was going to marry usher i'm like these are maybe my people i feel like this this is kind of <laughs> funny and they continue to talk, but as, you know, I'm not paying very much attention, the person on the phone walks in, and it turns out it's one of the girls that works at the pet store, literally just two blocks down-ish, you know, and mm -hmm. I know her, and she's really good, and she's sweet, and she's so kind, and she's really late for work, and I was like, you can make her stuff before mine, it's totally fine, I am in no hurry. So they were like, are you sure, are you sure? I'm like, yes, I'm absolutely positive, make her her stuff, so we chat for a second, her stuff gets made. And then uh, she goes about her business. She leaves and it's my turn for my smoothie to be made. In the meantime, these two women are saying things that like I'm cracking up about. I can't remember specifics at this point, but I started to chime in here and there. And then eventually they just sucked me into their conversations, as you know. That mm -hmm. happens. Mm -hmm. And they're telling me all their wild stories about how they were growing up and how racist their family members were and how their cousins and everybody like got shit on by grandpas and uncles for dating people outside of their race, which is Italian, turns out. Okay. Yep. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. And she goes, proceeds to say that her husband looks like Cheech Marin or something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's actually very funny. She's like, when I met him, he had a Fu Manchu. He had to get rid of it. And I was like, oh, that's, but it's kind of adorable. I love this. Because <laughs> you want to hear I met my husband? I'm like, I guess I have no choice. Let's run it. <laughs> but absolutely, at that point, I was super interested because these women were blowing me away. Just like thing after thing. They, they broke said. your like, stereotype. Yeah. A hundred percent. I will no longer, no longer have that stereotype in my head ever again. I'm, I was just, they, they obliterated it. Right. <laughs> they let you know off rip that they wanted to ride some black dick. So you yes. were like, okay. A hundred percent. All right. Well, we're right. here. <laughs> So this woman proceeds to tell me how she was a little saucy back in the day, but she was also fat. Her words, not mine. Mm -hmm. She was a she was a fluffy lady, but she was and maybe she was obese for her stature. I don't know. I don't judge. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. But she kept saying, like, I wasn't pretty. I was funny and fat. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> She's telling me how her and her friend were at the gas station. And, you know, this is back in the day before the towns that we currently live in grew up and got bigger. They were out in the Brighton area, which was literally just up north cottages at this time. Mm, and mm -hmm. Grand River ran through it. Mm -hmm. Connects to Novi. So they're in the area where they lived in the city. They grew up downtown Detroit. That's where they were living, et cetera, et cetera. And, um... She was out in some area that wasn't downtown Detroit. I think it may have been Novi or something like that. And um, it was daytime. Her friend was driving. They were they left the gas station, or as they were leaving the gas station, mistaken care mistaken Karen. We're gonna call her that. Mistaken Karen was like that guy with the feathered blonde hair is a fucking total babe. 
So she started hitting on him. And of course he was responding, reciprocating. Cause she had, she had her wits about her. She was a real sassy mm. lady. I love her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of those ladies. And you know, she's hitting on him, flirting with him, whatever. And she was like to her friend, like, you need to pull over, pull around, pull around. Her friend's like, I'm not pulling over for you to hit on this man on the corner at the gas station. You already rubbed one's arm. Like, no, leave it be. Chick was like, you're going to stop. You're going to stop. She did not stop. Her friend kept going. So she gets home, calls the gas station. I'm looking for the blonde haired man with the feathering blonde hair and the muscles and da da da. And the kid's like, yeah, yeah, that's so-and-so. And he works here tomorrow. And he hung up on her. She's like, okay, cool. Calls back, not the next day, but the day after. And this guy on the phone is like, what do you, who are you looking for? What do you want? She's like, there's a blonde guy with feathered hair. This and the other thing. He was supposed to be working yesterday. And she, he goes, and the, the guy on the phone is like, oh, that was so-and-so. That, there's nobody there here that looks like that, that works here. And she goes, all right, well, what do you look like? And he goes, well, I look like Cheech Marin. She goes, all right, that's good enough for me. And so they started having conversations. And it got to a point where she would have conversations with him almost daily while he was working and or at the house that he lived at. Probably a couple months or so they're just talking on the phone all day on occasion she's calling the gas station Mm -hmm. and she's okay with dating the guy who works at the gas station he was a manager okay (laughs) but she wasn't trying to date they were just she was just doing what i used to do like "Eh, whatever happens happens type shit no planning not trying to put labels on it um she goes and hangs out with some of her friends and she was supposed to actually meet up with him for the first time finally well her friend dropped her off really really late and it's midnight she walks in the house you know italian family her phone rings she's like oh fuck he knows (laughs) she answers the phone he's like hey man what the fuck when are we gonna meet like we need to do this she's like uh i uh he's like what's your address i'm coming to get you so she gave him her address couple minutes later 20 or so he pulls up and she takes him in you know and she's like i mean he was some a spectacle for sure he had his leathers on he had a nice car this that the other thing um she was like i felt kind of insecure because like even though he had the fu manchu i thought it was super ugly like i still wanted him to like me and i was like well obviously you invested quite a bit of time chatting with him on the phone for a couple of weeks (laughs) months whatever And so she decides to like go outside and greet him and she doesn't really know how to act. And he was like, this, that, the other thing he goes, well, you know, do you want to come to the house? She goes, Oh, I don't know. Well, I guess first of all, they went, they like hugged and she was like, I'm like, how long is this story? You're losing me. I know. Sorry. So first of all, they hug and she was like, Oh, is that a sausage in your pants? Are you just happy to see me? And he laughed. He's like, all right, let's get out of here. And she's like, okay. Like, she's super nervous because she's thinking, like, he's going to take her to go make out or whatever. So they go to Brighton. At the time, there's nothing there. And he starts to pull in, like, to these houses in this area. That All these houses are really kind of nice and bigger. And he, like, just decides to park in front of one. And she goes, you can't stop here. These people are going to be upset that you're parking in front of their house. He's like, this is my house. He's loaded. His dad left him with a bunch of money. Mom and grandma come out of the house. Grandma looks like Italian Dolly Parton with giant titties, super skinny, giant blonde bouffant. Oh, 
your your audio is cutting out, but I will let everybody know you're impersonating a Dolly Parton that's Italian. Uh, <laughs> thank you. So <laughs> he comes out and then, you know, the grandma, the potato, the grandma shaped like a potato comes out in her wheelchair and she's yelling about something in Italian. Um, and they've been together for over 30 years. And I just thought that was the cutest little story ever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's crazy. And they're only about 10 years older than us. So. That's crazy. Yeah. Still together to this day. Huh. Living in the same house. Really? Yeah. Because the dad built it. Damn. I know. <laughs> So be adventurous, hoes. Right? I was going to say all these like, uh, what are they? Relationship experts, dating coaches, et cetera, who are like, um, be in your feminine energy, you know, I mean, let him was, know or whatever. She was like, I'm trying to hunt down this man and then yes. found a different one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She was all in on this feathered blonde hair dude. Ended up marrying Cheech Marin. <laughs> That's so weird, though. Like, <laughs> that the phone conversations kept happening. I mean, I think it's like one of those things where you find int- you're interested in somebody, but the times didn't allow for you to fully connect. There's no text messaging. Right, right, you know? right. Yeah. So it's one of those, like, over time situations where it's just curiosity and interest, one, and they bloomed into this beautiful couple <laughs> how funny how that is you? the most random story i've ever heard no wonder she was like do you want to hear about it because it is a great story it's a tale yeah and i felt like i was at cheers so i'll be going back on saturday <laughs> <laughs> funny yeah i know what kind of cars they all drive so the next time i drive by and they're there i'm popping in sup bitches <laughs> oh my gosh yeah hey besties for real can't wait for you to move over here so you can come with me. <laughs> I don't have to live there to come with you. I can true. just come with you. <laughs> this is true. All right. We'll plan a date. Um. So speaking of breaking stereotypes, oh. the hoe of history that we're talking about today did have a, a brief moment where she was she was trying to break her stereotype. Um. So it's an interesting correlation between your story and mine what a fun little lead-in it is yeah um so since it's the holidays and I'm not in the holiday spirit I was like (laughs) (laughs) I was like let me see I'm fucking tired of this shit already here we go (laughs) (laughs) um let me see if there's anything here that's interesting (laughs) that's gonna maybe perk me up for like you know Christmas time. That's fucking funny. Um, so the classic movie, classic Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. The the wife, one of the main characters in the movie, the wife's name is Mary Bailey, is played by Donna Reed. Yes. Okay. Now the article that I stumbled upon while trying to figure out who I was going to pick that would have any influence over Christmas is um, <laughs> this article written by Joe Reed in Decider, and it's called 15 Women Who Deserve More Attention in Christmas Classics. <laughs> yes. Yes, ma'am. 
I know <laughs> White Christmas very well. We watched that movie often when I was younger, and I find it to be very soothing. It's one of my little, I'll put it on, and I just know type mm. movies, you know? It's like my office space. Or no. Mm. Yeah. Well, I did not do White Christmas. I did A Wonderful Life. That's what it was. Wonderful Life. White Christmas, too, but A Wonderful Life. Well, bad. So just a quick little synopsis here from that article. <laughs> It says, well, Joe wrote, George Bailey is the one who gets to have the long, dark night of the soul seeking (laughs) what the world would be like if he'd never been born. But, you know, who's doing all the hard work while George is on a guided tour of Dark Bedford Falls? Mary. (laughs) That's who. (laughs) It's George's faithful and long-suffering wife, who scrambles to get the word out that George is in financial trouble. And by the end of the movie, all those souls whose lives George had impacted for the better come through with donations. So we're going to talk about Donna Reed, who played Mary Bailey. I'm here for this. So Donna was born Donna Bell Mullinger on January 27th, 1921. So she was born on a farm near Denison, Iowa, and was the oldest of five children. She grew up as like a farm girl, but she was not a tomboy. She was like very beautiful, like a girly girl and won a beauty contest, actually. Oh, shit. And then in 1936, while she was a sophomore at the Denison High School in Iowa, her chemistry teacher, Edward Tompkins, gave her the book How to Win Friends and Influence People by dale carnegie now let me tell you how i did not know this book was that okay i was not prepared for that delivery either because we've both been to corporate america let me tell you how i had to google original copyright date okay 1936 is when that book came out holy shit are you serious yes was not ready (laughs) yes dale carnegie is that old and was putting out self-help books back then well i'll be dipped (laughs) yes i wasn't prepared i thought it was like 60s 50s shit so yeah donna reads how to win friends and influence people and after reading it, she won the lead part in the school play and was in the top 10 of her graduating class. Hell yeah, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> After high school, she planned on being a teacher but didn't have money for college. However, she did go to college. So I'm not sure where the disconnect is exactly um, because she figured out a way to go to California and go to Los Angeles City College. And so while she was attending Los Angeles City College, she performed in various stage productions. Um, I don't think her intention was to become an actress, but she was named Campus Queen and her picture was put in the newspaper. And then that brought her attention from movie scouts. Hell yes, Donna. (laughs) She's just living her best life. She received several offers to screen test for studios and eventually signed with uh, MGM. Um, But she insisted on finishing her education first. So she completed her associate's degree and then signed with an agent. Don't mind if I do. So her first film 
was a minor role in MGM's The Getaway in 1941. So she was in her first major film at 20 years old. So she was initially billed as Donna Adams in that movie. And then quickly MGM decided to change her name to Donna Reed because apparently that sounded less German, like this was during World War II. And so Donna said, a studio publicist hung that name on me, meaning Donna Adams, their last yeah. name. A studio publicist hung that name on me and I never did like it. She said, I hear Donna Reed and I think of a tall, chic blonde that isn't me. <laughs> Donna Aww. Reed, it has a cold, forbidding sound. <laughs> so, I don't okay. know. I, didn't, I don't know if I place it there, but all right. I mean, right. I it's different times, different times. So, she goes to star in two more movies that come out in 1941. Then she has her breakthrough role in Shadow of the Tin Man. And then the studio started giving her better parts. Um, she was in a lot of movies. She It was like somewhere around like 10 movies. I couldn't, I didn't even want to count them all. I just was like, okay, there's somewhere around 10-ish between 1942 and 1945. So she was hammering them out. Um, I mean, some of them were just cameo parts, but some of them like were more serious. And this is what kind of gets her to be into like this more leading lady role in Hollywood. Um, so that's where It's a Wonderful Life comes in. So despite the fact that she had obviously done many films, like I mentioned, the director of It's a Wonderful Life, Frank Capra, didn't have any interest in her. There were at least three other actresses that were considered before her. <laughs> so and this is like a theme in her life. Um, <laughs> so. The scene in It's a Wonderful Life where Mary pelts a rock through a window. Um, the the director, who was not obviously originally a fan of her, had hired a stuntman, hired a dude to throw the rock for her. Um, but Donna threw the rock and hit the window dead on in one take. So I guess Bitches. he wasted his money. <laughs> This is what I like to hear. So she's known for playing this sweet and steady Mary Bailey in the Christmas classic. She had a very girl next door appeal, an on-screen reputation for like wholesomeness. So this is where the stereotype breaking comes in because she didn't win any awards for that role. But she did win an Academy Award for playing a prostitute, though. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so in 1953 at 32 years old she took home an oscar for best supporting actress for playing a sex worker named alma who was entangled in a tortured relationship with army private montgomery clift in the film from here to eternity from here to eternity was that a ref on big alma in the california area <laughs> i don't think so probably not <laughs> so <laughs> they couldn't really call her a sex worker or a prostitute or a hooker or any of those things. Like they had to call her a hostess. Oh. I know. But anyway, you just, Oh my God. Did you happen. see that? <laughs> All right. Quick sidebar. Nicole got a new Mac 
And apparently the camera has all these different little gesture recognition things where she'll put her hands up and her balloons will show up or hearts or a thumbs up. And she just did some fucking hand movement, made the balloons pop up. And I want to see it again. <laughs> I did like air quotes. I don't even know what I did that I was like. I feel like I need to look these up for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So anyway. anyway, she's playing this sex worker in a relationship with an army private. So this made her popular with American servicemen. <laughs> so in 2009, someone was at Donna's former home and discovered a shoebox in the garage. Okay. It contained at least 341 letters from young servicemen dated during the years of World War II. Oh, my. And Donna had become their pen pal because these men gushed over her. One of the guys wrote, you are a typical American girl, someone who we would like to come home to. Oh, <laughs> you little whore. I'm just kidding. It's terrible. I shouldn't say that. Uh, but you should also hold your mic to your mouth so I can hear you. You're right. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> So trying to break free of her typecast, she pissed off the studio executives because they felt like they had very carefully like nurtured this image of her. And um, so Donna said the whole point about Elma was she was a prostitute who didn't look like one. She said trying to tell that to the studios, all the Oscar brought me was more bland goody two shoe parts. (laughs) So she never oh. like got to depart from like the American housewife um, girl next door ever again. Oh, that's a bummer for her. So, yeah. She, so she crushed it for us, though, in the film industry. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, despite her winning this Oscar for this like grittier role, she had this on-screen reputation for wholesomeness. So it, it kind of took over her success. I mean... She worked on a few other films um, in 1953, 54. Uh, She was in movies with like Dean Martin, Elizabeth Taylor, um, Frank Sinatra. Like she she was alongside all the biggies. She wasn't fucking around. That's for damn sure. Nope. And but she did decide to abandon her film career because she wasn't getting enough like varying roles. Do you blame her? I don't know. So this is what she did. This was her like fuck around and find out. She went into television and started making guest appearances and then created her own show. Bitches. Paving <laughs> <laughs> the way for Betty White. Yeah. So she created her own TV series. It was a sitcom and it was produced by her second husband, Tony Owen, and it was called The Donna Reed Show. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Although. It's crazy she didn't love the name, but here we are. So her first husband, which we didn't talk about, was makeup artist William Tuttle from 1943 to 1945. Now, already I'm like, okay, that was short-lived. He was a makeup artist. There's some suspect things on whether he was, like, into women or not. I mean, again, stereotyping. I mean, it's the key word of the day, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. But then there was other things amok. <laughs> amok, 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 amok. So that same year they got divorced. She married producer Tony Owen, who I said was the producer on her show, right? Well, he also happened to be her agent and was 14 years older than her. 
daddy issues. <laughs> so Donna and Tony had four children together. Holy shit. Well, the first two were adopted. Okay. The second two were their biological children. Um, which that's a theme we've been coming across too. A lot of these uh couples uh, adopted children back in the day. Like Yeah. I've talked about that a couple of times. Yeah. Um so the Donna on the Donna Reed show, she played a wise and loving wife and mother. Um while it was a return to her stereotype, the sitcom eventually became hugely successful and ran until 1966. She received three or no, she received Emmy nominations four years in a row, but never actually took home the Emmy. She did win a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Leading Role in a Comedy Series in 1963. So it wasn't like an instant hit, but it did become one of the, like the top 25 television shows. I mean, that's a big that's a big thing. Yeah. So then um, she decided to kind of slow down a little bit when the show ended. She she took some time off to raise her children and started becoming more active in politics. Uh, she was a known Republican, but her viewpoints started shifting during the Vietnam War because her oldest son was at an age where he could be drafted. So in 1967, Donna became a peace activist and co-chaired the anti-war advocacy group called Another Mother for Peace. And the group's slogan was, war is not healthy for children and other living things. And other living things. I know. It wasn't catchy, but. I get it. But it encompasses all of us <laughs> and then some. <laughs> yeah. So all this activism work helped her find her voice. So Hollywood Studios had trained her to basically keep her mouth shut. Right. Um, you know, her they make it seem like the women's careers depended on them not making a fuss, you know? Yes. So um Donna says, quote, I'd been overwhelmed by hopeless despair, having two sons who might have to go to Vietnam to fight. Then one night at a rally for Eugene McCarthy, a mic was put in front of me unexpectedly, and I heard myself speaking what I thought. Oh, I got chill bumps. Right? Yeah. So then in 1971, she's around 50 years old at this time. Her and Tony had been married for 26 years. Oh, wow. But then they got a divorce. Oh, no. Three years later, she married Grover W. Asmus. A-S-M-U-S. I was trying not to say Asmus. <laughs> I feel like I've spoken about Grover before. Well, he's a retired United States Army colonel. Okay, maybe. So not. I don't know. Um, so Donna's making sporadic acting appearances and made for TV movies. She's, you know, she got a guest appearance on the Love Boat. Um, the now, Love Boat. This is the juicy bits that we love. Are you I ready? Love, I'm here for the tea. The juicy bits. So she ended up replacing. Barbara Bel Geddes on the show Dallas. Mm -hmm. Barbara quit the soap opera Dallas because apparently her salary demands were unmet. Good so Donna, Donna slips into that role, into that role of Eleanor or Miss Ellie Ewing, the oil matriarch on the show. 
Since the ratings remained consistently high while Donna was on the show, the producers extended her contract for two more years. So her initial contract was only one year. Did you have a question? Just refresh that soap opera. Yes. Like, okay, just making yes. sure it's, it's the a same reboot. One. <laughs> it's something else. It's so the then, thing. so they renew her contract or extend it, I should say, for two more years. But then Barbara comes back and approaches producers about returning. And so they fired Donna. Oh. So Donna's like, fuck that. She sued them for breach of contract and yeah, collected $1.25 in damages. I got chill bumps again. Uh-uh, <laughs> uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You know, sometimes you just got to play the long game. So this was in 1985. So yeah. $1.2 million back then, now in today's money, is around $4.3 million. Unfucking believable. Unfucking believable. The worst part, though, that you're going to find unbelievable is that she didn't really get to enjoy that money because she had cancer. Oh, ball sack. I know. So, I mean, I guess it went to her kids. Still. That Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It it sucks. But it, it, yeah. In, in December 1985, she was rushed to Cedars-Sinai Medical Center for treatment for a bleeding ulcer. Hmm. But that's when they started running tests and they found a malignancy. And so she actually passed away from pancreatic cancer early, pretty early at age 64 in oh, her home so in Beverly sad. Hills, California on January 14th, 1986. So between, between the time she went to the hospital for the ulcer and her passing away was like a month or yeah, less. No, it wasn't that long. Yeah. So she had remained married until her death and her third husband, Grover, created the Donna Reed Foundation for the for the performing arts in her hometown of Denison. The foundation helps those like farm kids, basically, who have a desire for a career in the arts. After Donna's death, Frank Sinatra, who was her mm -hmm. co-star in From Here White to Christmas. Eternity. And White Christmas, right? Well, I'm you. no, I wasn't saying no, because she wasn't in that movie. Um, right. <laughs> I don't know if Frank was. I don't know that movie, but she definitely wasn't. <laughs> um, so he sweetly called her a lovely lady, gentle and kind. Um, obviously, we know Sinatra had a little bit of a reputation with the ladies. And so mm -hmm. he said, quote, I can remember in the beginning when every guy, particularly myself, who saw her on the screen had a crush on Donna. Oh, Donna, Donna, Donna. So one little bit of advice that she left behind that her legacy includes, which is something that I I wish I had heard a long time ago, probably wouldn't have fully been able to understand the meaning. But when I read this, I was like, holy shit, she's right. It says, when you handle yourself, use your head. When you handle others, use your heart. Oh, I like that. Right? More chills. Yes. So that is the story of Donna Reed. And I got my information from Decider.com, Wikipedia, IMDb, Britannica, TCM.com, DonnaReed.org, TheNewYorkTimes.com, Fascinate.com, and a video on YouTube from the Clad Right radio channel. Oh, thank you for sharing Donna's little story there. 
Dun, she had a lot dun, of heavy dun, hitting dun. information. Fuck yeah, she did. Absolutely. I was like, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of juicy bits. Yes. I feel like any <laughs> star from that era is going to have like some tea to spill. There was just so much craziness and chaos. But we don't it. always have it documented. Right. Oh, yeah. No, I. Yes. There's. Okay. So I'm not not sponsored not expecting people to go do this but there's a a podcast called deathbed confessions and i listened to it and the first very first episode is like the movie industry and how the movie industry and the government were at war or whatever and there's a woman involved in this deathbed confession and it's really 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 fucking crazy i'd highly recommend listening to that at least the whole podcast but at least the one episode is good and like it was so drama all the time and women just did not have any rights they were treated like children so good for her for making it through suing people for not upholding their ends of the contracts creating her own fucking show so she could have her own airtime like yes i know right and then in, in between all this she decides to be an activist Right. <laughs> for some reason, they all had time. I feel like if we stopped social media for a minute and we all took that time collectively and put it towards social media else, and like television. Yeah. No, we can't take my television away. <laughs> well, no, I don't want to take anything away. I'm just saying if those things don't exist. But I mean, right. they did exist in her day. Social media did not. Social media did not. But television did. Obviously, she was on a show. But right. When you think about today, yes. How much time we go into the sunken place. The sunken place. Oh my god, that's fucking hilarious. And now forever will be that in my head. I'm at the sunken place. I gotta get out. Yeah. Just the the spin cycle of Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, like oh. whatever your thing is, right? You're just like you go between the apps. The sunken place. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Thank you. That was quite the surprising story for me, to be honest. Yeah, no shit. Because I didn't even know her name. I, okay, so I was in the play. It's a Wonderful Life? Yes. When I was a child. Well, maybe I was in high school. Had to have been. But yeah, I was in that play. And I remember being like, man, poor Mary. Freaking George is a mess. (laughs) But that's like the extent of how much I thought about it. (laughs) Uh, And I've only watched It's a Wonderful Life once. Mm. And I think I've only seen it in pieces because George is a mess. And I'm like, this is this is dumb. This is not a a fun holiday movie. Like, why did it ever become a fun holiday? Like, why is this a... It's not fun. It's just a holiday movie. Like, I would right, recommend I, White Christmas. <laughs> it just so happens to be that it, it's around <laughs> that time of year. So they've now dubbed it a Christmas classic. And I'm like, this shit's depressing. Yeah, it's super fucking depressing. I don't like love it. No. I, so I don't choose to watch it. No. Because um, that's not the uplifting rom-com shit that I like Every around time the holiday. a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> sad as shit (laughs) seriously i'm over here like please make it as cheesy and as cute as possible Mm -hmm. to help get me in the uh i like gimmicks mood 
I'll do gimmicks. <laughs> I just yeah. watched uh, what was it, Christmas with the Cranks? Mm, that's a good one with Tom, or Tim Allen. Yep, Jamie Lee Curtis. Know, yep, I turn mm-hmm. it on. I'm not. I'm not a huge Christmas fan. I'm not. I'm not either. But that's a good one. Yeah, but that one I was like, yeah, this one actually Tim Allen, fucking hilarious. Still, this one yeah. works. Yeah, so yeah. Like thing. I like um, like four Christmases, right? With Vince Vaughn and yeah, that was Reese a good one too. Like uh-huh. yeah, the the non traditional Christmas movies. I'm like yeah. all about. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. So anyway, I felt like it was such a good selection of Donna Reed this this week because just the sheer lack of unknowing on my behalf. (laughs) (laughs) But the fact that probably the majority of people who are into Christmas know exactly who she is. Yeah. But I bet you they didn't know all that juicy tea. Probably not until now. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I guess it's at a girl time now. I guess it is. Damn it. Atta girls are where we have um, a moment to pat ourselves on the back for something good that we've done or something good's happened to us. We just like to end on a positive note. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah, sure. I, uh, I had, we had guests over this past weekend and instead of like panning about, panicking about everything, cause like the house hasn't been super clean in a minute we live here with animals that it just run this bitch and I was kind of nervous like the perception thing but I decided to ignore that nervousness and just roll with it and it turned out to be a really great fun time we had guests over it was a couple and um <laughs> it ended up being completely fine nobody noticed anything that I was super duper worried about and we still had a great time we had enough time to do everything that we needed to do so like I'm just proud of myself for not getting sucked into the thing that i think my mom used to get sucked into the concern of perception mm-hmm. there is okay you remember the old roseanne show yes there is this one line or this moment i guess that has stuck with me for forever and i always refer back to it in my head when i get that like kind of anxiety thing of like oh god what are people are gonna think of my house yeah even though my house is usually top notch (laughs) yeah i was gonna say your house is never really that bad (laughs) but um there was this one scene where somebody who did not live at the house in roseanne was coming over and they walk in the front door and roseanne greets them and she's like um she was like you know this is our what she say she goes this is our house sorry it's like this we live here (laughs) (laughs) but it's true like you do like you can't always have it not cluttered and clean like you live there like you know i almost want to make that a frameable like just yes we should it's gonna be an etsy store just everybody go to nicole's etsy it'll be there in a week it'll be fine like sorry i don't even think she said sorry but i think she was like this is our house it's like this like because we live here (laughs) Not sorry for the mess. It's like this because we live here. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. I don't know. Roseanne's a nutbag, but at the same time, like, I can appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, I, well, 
I mean, old Roseanne, like, was, it was a staple. Mm -hmm. Like, we all knew it. We all watched this. I mean, there wasn't a lot of competition. There wasn't a lot of other female comedian leading shows. Nope. Um, Anyway, (laughs) I don't know why that particular, I I can't tell you anything else. I I can't even really probably name off all, like, I don't even, like, know the actors who played most of the people anymore but i remember that one line fuck yeah it stuck with you it's gonna <laughs> stick with me too sorry about the mess we live here <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs> i'm fucking doing it i'm printing it out i'm gonna get it professionally printed on a canvas from costco <laughs> or some shit <laughs> uh, so i literally when i'm like spending that 20 minutes before somebody gets to your house where you're like rushing through. I'm like, <laughs> I fucking live here though. Like, there's going to be a glass of water. Yeah. Like, and they weren't. It's not like they went up to my bedroom or anything like that. Right. You know, like, I don't. They didn't see the the <laughs> shit. They didn't see the shit. Oh man. Um. <laughs> uh. Is that considered like a positive affirmation? Is that my like? The motto is a motto for today. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for that. I'm not sorry about the mess. We live here. <laughs> um, my at a girl is that I spent all weekend and even today, Monday, that we're recording, uh, moving shit around, organizing, decluttering. My body hurts. My calves are rock hard. From going up and down the stairs, I've I've scheduled a massage. Um, I'm not even actually moving anywhere yet, and no, but you're almost there. I well, I know it's gonna be it's a process, right? Like, and I'm pretty determined that it's gonna happen. It so is. I, this free weekend that I had, I was like, well, let me make my house more presentable more listing ready and put a bunch of stuff in the garage get rid of stuff yeah might as well proactivity is key i know right but look at that i was like look at me go i don't even have like a deadline i don't even have a contract signed that's fine you're (laughs) manifesting and i'm here for this because you're about to find the most perfect place that's right next door to my house Perfect for whom in that scenario? Both of us? Hello? (laughs) Uh, So anyway, if you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe. It really helps us out when you hit the little little subscribe button. Um, You can... Send us a hoe of history that you'd like us to do um, on Instagram at homans underscore chronicles or send us an email, homanspodcast at gmail.com. We also have homance merch on my Etsy shop, uh, nicolebonneville.etsy.com. And you can join the Facebook group, closed group called the Homance Chronicles, a judgment free zone if you, if you dare at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Has nothing to do with current content. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's it. Yeah, it is. Homance out. <laughs> 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 <laughs>